0: Well, we are without Tyler McComas for one more day. It's the final day of his uh, Colorado mountain vacation. And then uh, he gets back to the grind with us on Locked In tomorrow. And, of course, the rush, 3 to 6 p.m., you hear him every single day with the former Buckets Award winner himself, Teddy Lehman. I am Parker Thune. I am joined today, as I was Thursday and Friday, by the utility man of all utility men, Josh Helmer himself. Josh, thanks for jumping in. Good afternoon. What did uh, how was your weekend? What did you make of the NFL
1: games that were? I know we've got plenty of hashtag cruton to talk about. Oh, that
0: we do, and a lot of it has to do with uh, the portal combat happening in Norman over the last few days. But uh, yeah, no. As far as the NFL is concerned, I just thought it was comical, Josh, to watch the Cowboys lose in the fashion that they did because they were getting throttled for the first three quarters of that game. They could have just laid down and died, but they they insisted upon losing in the most excruciating fashion imaginable, which is getting – they didn't get screwed over by the refs. That was kind of hyperbolic when Dak Prescott gave the whole postgame spiel about how the refs cost them a shot. I don't know who called a quarterback draw with 14 seconds remaining in the game in no time i don't know if that was a kellen moore special i don't know if dak prescott just improvised i don't know what the case was the point is it was a very ill-advised decision on the part of whoever was involved therein and it ends up with the dallas cowboys season coming to a very unceremonious and abrupt end but
1: it did create some fantastic memes with uh you know, umpires and officials not necessarily zipping to spot the football. They just <laughs> bungled the whole situation. Unbelievable that you would run a draw in that particular time and situation. After, really, it was a beautiful drive up to that point to give yourself a last gasp after the Neville Gallimore penalty. Somehow you get another stop. You get the football back. But, uh, alas, it goes for not for... Dallas. What about the other games? Anything else catch your eye?
0: I mean, as you know, I'm a Bucks fan, so uh, watching Tom Brady, whom I have learned begrudgingly to love over the last couple of years, uh, watching him just discombobulate the Eagles was uh, – it was somewhat cathartic for me. I, I am upset that it had to come at the expense of Jalen Hurts because what he did with that Eagles organization and a new head coach in Nick Sirianni, getting them to the playoffs this season is pretty remarkable, and I think his future is bright there in Philly. But, uh, yeah, they, they kind of ran into a buzzsaw there in Tampa. But regardless, that is not what we're here primarily to discuss, Josh. We have to start, as you mentioned at the top, With all of the visitors this past weekend, and there were many, obviously Josh Connolly Jr., the five-star offensive tackle out of Washington, was, I believe, the lone official visitor from the preps trail, unless I'm just completely spacing, but uh, to my recollection, at least, he was the only official visitor from the high school ranks this past weekend. Now, Really tough to get a gauge on where OU stands in that race just because Josh Connerly really doesn't say much at all, and what he does say, he, he's very much geared toward a post-playing career as a coach because what he does say generally amounts to a whole lot of nothing. It's, it's very much coach speak. So I don't know that OU fans should be too optimistic about getting Josh Connerly at this point, but it is encouraging to know that he took an official visit, and I think that indicates three things. At this point in the cycle, Josh, one, he has immense respect for Bill Biedenboe Two, Oklahoma is a legitimate option and he's not 100 percent sold on any of the options at his disposal currently because you hear some buzz for Michigan. You hear some buzz for Washington. But why visit a place like Oklahoma if you're just in it for a free flight and a photo shoot? You know, it's
1: a good point. Yeah, I don't know why you would take that visit other than sometimes some of these young men, I think, do kind of just enjoy a little bit of the process, and and the, you, you never know. I mean, you, you go somewhere that maybe isn't totally on your radar if you're Connerly, and then all of a sudden you wind up in Norman, and you the visit sort of takes you by surprise
0: how much you enjoyed it. Well, and that's the third thing that I was going to mention, too. I think if only by virtue of sheer novelty, Oklahoma has the chance to make the strongest impression. On Josh Connolly down the stretch here so we will see what becomes of that he did talk to our uh, 24 7 sports national recruiting editor Brandon Huffman about the visit you can head to ouinsider.com if you want the scoop on all things recruiting and transfer portal the type of stuff that I can't say here on the air it is 50 percent off right now so a full year of VIP membership you can grab for less than five dollars a month it is well worth it for all the inside information you will receive. So OUinsider.com on the 24-7 Sports Network. You'll also get access to every other team site across the 24-7 Sports brand. So as it as it pertains to the transfer portal, Josh, we know for sure Oklahoma has two commitments – over the weekend at least in CJ Colden the defensive back from Wyoming that gave his pledge to the Sooners yesterday and then Kenai Walker the transfer defensive back from Louisville that committed to the Sooners this morning now the consensus expectation is that the Sooners will also be adding Trey Morrison at some point along the line, and there's a lot of buzz that a decision could be coming later today from Morrison. He is one of the most experienced players, Josh, in the entire transfer portal. A four-year starter at North Carolina, 44 career starts to his name. Now, a lot of Sooner fans are going to look at his stature, five foot nine, 190 pounds, and say, well, that doesn't really fit the mold of what we're used to, but... You look at what he's done at the University of North Carolina, the production that he's had both as a tackler and in coverage, you say, okay, well, regardless of what his height is, the dude can play some football.
1: Feel like Oklahoma's adding potentially some experience in that defensive backfield. We talked about it last week, corners, you you think going in DJ Graham, Woody Washington, sort of the two perceived Starters, but anytime they can add some depth, and with the decision that Latrell McCutcheon has made, which that's its own story from this past weekend. But uh, I like what they've done here in the transfer portal. I think uh, anytime you can add guys that have 44 games experience. If Morrison makes that decision, that's huge. I don't care necessarily. Uh, obviously, if you can get the six foot two, one ninety five variety, that. For most people, it's going to be preferable, but it doesn't hurt my feelings one bit when you say somebody's got 44
0: starts under their belt. No doubt. And, you know, they're gonna there's always going to be fans that think they know better than the coaching staff, right? They're going to look at C.J. Colton, and they're going to say, well, he played at Wyoming. How good can he be? And there are going to be people that look at Kenai Walker and say, well, he played in one game for Louisville. How good can he be? and Likewise, with a guy like Trey Morrison, they're going to look at the 5 foot 9 height and say, "Well, you know, his ceiling's only so high just because of his physical limitations." But I would I would hope that Brent Venables has earned the benefit of the doubt over his 23 seasons of coordinating defense at a very, very high level for Oklahoma and Clemson. And so, look, obviously taking a guy like Kenai Walker is in some capacity a shot in the dark because you don't know exactly what you're going to get. He was a mid-grade three-star recruit. He only played one game for Louisville as a freshman. The physique is tantalizing, right? Six foot one, 180 pounds. So there's some optimism as to what he could be long-term. But I'm not I'm not saying the concerns are misplaced because I think it's fair to have questions about bringing a guy like Kenai Walker in. But I think at the end of the day you got to trust the guy that you've handed the program off to in Brent Venables. If he wants Kenai Walker, you're just going to have to trust that he knows what he's doing and that he can make Kenai Walker an into an, into an impact player at the University of Oklahoma and you know the important thing here Josh is that these aren't necessarily guys that are going to be pressed into action. I expect that CJ Colden's going to contend for a starting job because he's that good. Make no mistake about it. 67 tackles as a cornerback 10 pass breakups 10 pass breakups as well uh in his 2021 season at wyoming so he is a guy that i would expect will push dj graham who is your incumbent starter opposite woody washington obviously woody washington has his starting spot as good as locked down but given his performance in the bowl game i think it's understandable that DJ Graham can expect some competition for his spot heading into the 2022 season and look if I'm putting money down I'm still betting on DJ Graham to trot out there as the starter week one but it's it's kind of a relief to a certain extent and it's it's comforting to know that you have a guy like CJ Colden who has played a lot of football and played a lot of really good football waiting in the wings if DJ Graham kind of lets that Alamo Mobile performance get to his head and that starts to Uh, drag and linger into his performance uh, in the offseason workouts and training camp and into the 2022 season. So in Colden, you have a guy that will contend for his starting spot and that is quality depth. Joshua Eaton's coming back. There were a lot of questions as to whether maybe he would hit the transfer portal the way Latrell McCutcheon did, but you bring Eaton back. I'm told Jaden Davis is going to move to nickel, which I think is good because that's a guy that he just... You need to get him out of the rat race at outside corner at a certain point if you're going to get him back to 2019 form because he exploded onto the scene as a true freshman and played really, really good football for the Sooners in that season and supplanted a lot of more experienced guys to become a starter at cornerback. He just has not been the same since. I think moving him to nickel will do him a lot of good because I think if there's one guy that can unlock his potential, right – it's Brent Venables. And I think Jaden Davis, just with what he brings to the table in terms of his skill set, is more suited to nickel anyway. And I I don't know what's going to happen with Billy Bowman. I don't know if they maybe give him a look on offense. I don't know if they want to keep him at defensive back. I think that's going to be unclear for the next few months, at least until they get into spring practice. But I would be willing to bet Jaden Davis – is your starting nickel back in 2022. Can I Walker, if I can circle back just for a moment Parker? By all means.
1: Versatile enough to play both corner and safety. It feels like
0: there's been some discussion that maybe safety could be a possibility for him at OU. And I think it is and I think versatility is something you always want to have in the defensive backfield. And particularly when you look at what Key Lawrence did down the stretch for the Sooners in 2021, playing outstanding ball at both corner and safety. You look at his performance and you say, okay, let's go get more guys like that. And. It doesn't matter what their recruiting ranking was. It doesn't, doesn't matter their level of experience. If we can find another guy like a Key Lawrence, let's bring him in. And maybe that's what Venables and his staff are doing with the addition of Kenai Walker. Maybe they see him as a Key Lawrence type of guy. And there are similarities physically. Obviously, like I said, just by virtue of his limited experience at the collegiate level, we don't really know what Oklahoma is getting in Kenai Walker. But if there's one guy that's qualified to project that, It's Brent Venables. And so, yeah, Kani Walker is definitely, of the three defensive backs, Colden and Morrison, whom, like I said, is all but assured to be a Sooner at this point. That's the one that people are going to have the most questions about is Kani Walker. And I'm not sure he sees the field a whole lot in 2022 because I think they're guys that are far more experienced and far more qualified to be on the field in an immediate capacity. But long-term, He's a guy that can be an impact player and maybe he takes the maybe he takes the long road like Justin Broyles did. All right, Justin it took forever for Justin Broyles to make any sort of productive dent at the University of Oklahoma, but once he did, we saw in 2021, especially down the stretch, Justin Broyles was sneaky good. It's not the common story, but
1: occasionally you do find that guy like Justin Broyles that for whatever reason it just took a little bit longer than most for him to start playing the football he was capable of, and he did. He had a nice finish to uh, this portion of his career and played the best type of football we've seen from Justin Broyles. A couple of the guys which, look, we probably should have our focus on Players that are still possibilities for Oklahoma. Jackson Arnold, I guess, was uh, in town, too. That's and that right. was That was a
0: 23 quarterback out of Denton Geyer. Big visit for OU, so we can talk about that in addition to Dart and Trigg. By the way, another quarterback that was in town this weekend on a visit with Oklahoma, McCade Mattire's younger brother, Mabry. Interesting. Who I touched on Friday, and I did not know at the time that he was going to be in on the visit, but... I had mentioned at the time when Oklahoma took McCain-Mittire's commitment from Cal when he was in the transfer portal. Hey, he's got a younger brother. His younger brother's going to be a pretty dang good quarterback. And don't be shocked if OU enters the race for Mabry and it looks like that's the case. At least all appearances would indicate he does not have the offer yet, but the fact that they're hosting him on a visit this early in the process would lead you to believe that Oklahoma will be a player for the younger Mattire. All right, we are just getting started here on Locked In, and obviously the two names that Josh just dropped are the names that everybody is wanting to hear intel on and where Oklahoma stands in the battle with Ole Miss for Jackson Dart and Michael Triggs. So, We will touch on that coming back right here on Locked In, brought to you by Chapel Supply. Hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line with your questions or your opinions, 405-651-3439. Back in a moment right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Back with you here on Locked In, this is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune alongside Josh Helmer. We will hit your texts at the bottom of the hour. The Air Comfort Solutions text line is open to you, 405-651-3439. But, Josh, as I mentioned, we got to talk about Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg because these are the two biggest names at this point in the portal that OU is squarely in the mix for. And the two were on campus at Oklahoma on Friday. They then moved to Ole Miss from there for a visit And the original plan was for Ole Miss to be the first visit and Oklahoma to be the latter visit, and things switched up, and they decided to go to Oklahoma first and then close things out with the visit to Ole Miss. Now, I touched on this earlier with Steely, Josh, and talked a little bit about the situation and the battle that's shaping up here between the Sooners and the Rebels for these two, which they will be a package deal. Don't get that twisted. Where one goes, there the other will go also. But... Josh, what is your read on this situation, and where do you stand in terms of where you think they end up at the end of the day? I'm
1: torn. Uh, I want to say Oklahoma. Does it matter that the Ole Miss visit was last and that's maybe fresh on the mind?
0: Yeah, that's what you worry about, isn't it? Because that's one of the things that you always got to pay attention to in recruiting and looking at the transfer portal, it is no different. You got to look at where a guy took his last official visit because obviously that is the freshest impression, and in most cases, the strongest. It's the same reason, Josh, why like, I'm I'm starting to express it more and more. Be wary of R. Mason Thomas and Ahmad Moten's visit to Miami on January 28th because. It looked for all the world like Oklahoma was going to be their last official visit before National Signing Day. Then the hometown school jumps in the boat and says, hey, why don't you take your final official visit to UM before you make your decision? Mario Cristobal might have the upper hand there, but as it pertains to Dart and Trigg, Josh, you look at the fact that the visits got switched around, it was very, very clear that Trigg really liked Oklahoma on the visit. You could just tell the hype video he put out. He was throwing the horns down. He was all in, right? But it was all quiet on the Western front from Dart on social media as it pertained to the Oklahoma visit. And he's the one that posted about Ole Miss. Exactly. So again, I think these two are a package deal through and through. I think they are going with one another. I believe they were roommates at USC, if what I've been told is correct. So they are as tight as can be. And where one goes there, I believe the other will go as well. But is it maybe a case of Trigg favoring Oklahoma while Dart likes Ole Miss a little better? I don't know. But at the same time, I look at Dart and I look at the type of kid he is. And I remember watching him coming up as a prospect back before he had any power five offers. And It was not hard to predict that he was going to be a really, really good quarterback at the next level and that he should have been receiving a lot more attention than he was receiving at that point in time. And obviously, there came a point in time where things kind of neutralized and the big-time programs came calling for his services and he got all the offers that he should have had probably a lot sooner. Ends up at USC. It becomes clear that Lincoln Riley would rather have Caleb Williams than Jackson Dart. Dart says, "Okay, I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to find a program where I'm actually wanted and valued. And Oklahoma and Ole Miss emerge as the lead contenders. My biggest thing here, Josh, is I think culturally Oklahoma makes a lot more sense for Jackson Dart than Ole Miss because Jackson Dart and his family, they're a Mormon family from the state of Utah, highly religious you just get the sense that integrity and professionalism go a long way with people like that. Integrity and professionalism are not two words that you would put on the Lane Kiffin scatterboard, right? Or the Grove or Hotty Toddy, any like, of it. Oxford, Mississippi and the Ole Miss football brand, Like there are a lot of words you would use to describe them. Integrity and professionalism are not high on that list. Party would Con- be probably the yeah, first Yeah, conversely, part. you look at Oklahoma under the direction of Brent Venables and his new staff, you look at what he's done the last couple of days helping his players move into the dorms, him and Thad Turnipseed and Jeff Levy and all the guys that you would imagine would be sitting up in their offices blowing people off and making big-time recruiting phone calls and Acting like they run the joint because they do, to be fair. But Brand Venables and his staff are getting their hands dirty and treating everybody like they're equals, in essence. And I think that kind of dynamic, that kind of vibe, y- you would imagine that be the type of thing that Jackson Dart would gravitate toward. Was this a visit with both
1: where their families were also involved? Did did mom and dad come along with or no?
0: Uh, so for Dart, mom was there. Dad wasn't. Okay. I don't know about Trig. I don't know if that's been reported. And I certainly haven't reported anything to that effect as to which members of Trigg's family were there. Uh, one of our listeners points out on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, you also wouldn't think USC would be the place for a guy like that. That's fair. But at the same time, USC doesn't play it in front of any fans. So <laughs> it's, right. a, it's a pretty quiet atmosphere out there. Or at least it has been over the last few years in SoCal. So, And, and
1: who knows what mom and dad
0: want? might be different than what Jackson Dart wants. <laughs> yeah, mom and dad can have a pretty heavy say in these things sometimes. Typically. Uh or if, if you're looking at Devin Campbell's recruitment, sometimes it's the uncle that has <laughs> a pretty significant say in the whole process. So, look, Caleb Williams isn't coming back. I think that's very clear at this point. He and OU have gone their separate ways and look, that's not me talking off-sourced inside information. That's just – that's me purely offering my opinion at this point in time because in the public eye, there's been no interaction and no communication between the program and Caleb Williams. We know Caleb was on the USC visit last weekend, followed that up with a visit to UCLA, and he may take a couple other visits here uh, down the stretch as he prepares to make his decision. But the point is, you're not getting 13 back in 2022, and it would be great if that were the case – Obviously, there is nobody better across college football on the market that is available. He's not coming back. And so at this point, if I'm Oklahoma and I'm Brent Venables, you got to put all your eggs in the basket of Jackson. You got to do whatever you can to get him in town. And if he goes to Ole Miss, fine. Dylan Gabriel's your starter in 2022 anyway. And maybe you make another run at Chubba Purdy just for the sake of depth. But in terms of the portal quarterbacks that are available at this moment it is Caleb Williams and Jackson Dart and everybody else you don't have much of a shot at this point of getting Caleb Williams back at least that's what it seems so that leaves you with Jackson Dart pour it all out for that dude in my opinion Josh
1: Altmeyer, I I liked what I saw from him I mean obviously that's a tough spot in in the Sugar Bowl versus that Baylor defense getting thrown in there the way he did after Corral got hurt. But maybe that perceived notion out there by some that it's just Jackson Dart's job if he chooses Ole Miss, I don't know if that's inherently the case. I think either way, Oklahoma or Ole Miss, he's in a quarterback competition. Now he's probably, I think it's maybe fair to say, a bigger leg up. In that Ole Miss quarterback competition than he would have here at Oklahoma. But I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Can you say
0: that it's definitely his job if he goes to Ole Miss? No, I don't think that you can because I really like Luke Altmaier. And if I had to put money down, I'd say Jackson Dart would start for Ole Miss in 2022. But I don't think that's a guarantee. Naturally, if you look at... The way things are lining up at Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel is going to have a leg up over anybody not named Caleb Williams in that battle just because he knows Levy's offense and he's got three years of experience as an FBS starting quarterback. So Dylan Gabriel is the type of guy that regardless of who he's competing with, unless it's Caleb Williams, he's probably coming out with the upper hand and is probably taking the snaps to open the 2022 season. Uh, By the way. A lot of folks hitting the Air Comfort Solutions text line because they all follow Jackson Dart on Instagram. And apparently over the last 30 minutes or so, he has started posting a lot of OU stuff.
1: (laughs) Interesting.
0: Maybe this thing is swinging back in the other direction. And this is the type of thing where I, I wish I had more of a capacity while I was on the air to dig on this stuff. But there's only so much information you can get when you're talking on the radio for three hours at a time. So as soon as we're off the air... At 3 p.m., or as soon as I'm off the air, you got plenty more to go, Josh. But uh, that is typically how it works. It's hard to, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll dig into the situation and kind of figure out where things stand more reliably. But right now, man, it just seems like a coin flip between Ole Miss and Oklahoma. And that, that doesn't line up with what I would have anticipated a week ago because. A week ago I would have figured, okay, well, if it's down to Ole Miss and Oklahoma, Jackson Dart's got to end up at Oklahoma. But
1: And how this... big of a factor is kind of what you were alluding to earlier that you felt maybe Trigg was really, really taken with what he saw at Oklahoma, and, and if it was by that wide of a margin for him, how much does that sway or influence maybe what Jackson Dart is thinking?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well. Rumi could have a pretty significant say in Dart's decision as well. So we will see what becomes of that. We'll hit your ticks, your texts next. Got a little bit tongue-twisted there, Josh. It's been a long Any of your ticks, we can but, talk about those as well. <laughs> uh, we will hit your texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line coming up next, 405-651-3439. Locked on, rolls on here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune and Josh Helmer with you until 3 p.m. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Back with you here on Locked In, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune alongside Josh Helmer. Let's go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. This hour on the Ref Sports Radio Network brought to you by Chapel Supply. Chapel supplies you. Josh, let's see what people's opinions are. By the way, a lot of people noting on the text line that JT Daniels is in the transfer portal as of this afternoon. For what that's worth... That's a guy that got beat out by a walk-on at Georgia and got beat out by his backup at USC. I know he's a former five-star guy and had so much hype coming out of high school. I mean, people were crowning him the next Peyton Manning. And, and probably just, at this
1: point, he's like, just tell me somewhere that I'm going to be the star. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And you know that's what he'll be looking for at this point in his career. Somewhere where he can be the guy because you get to a certain point and there's no longer any reason to insert yourself into a competition if you don't have to. Because he's got, I believe he'll have two years of eligibility remaining whenever he finds his new destination. He's got to start putting NFL tape up if he wants to play at the next level. Seems like West Virginia was kind of in the market for some of these quarterbacks, maybe. West Virginia, because of the Graham-Harrell connection, is interesting. So that is maybe a spot I I, I would watch for JT... There's no way of knowing who's going to be in the market for him and who's not because there will... Believe me, there will be programs that think they can resurrect his career. There will be programs that we might connect JT Daniels to on paper but that have no interest in him because they're like, well, if he hasn't done it yet, he's not going to do it with us. So it's hard to project at this point where he'll end up. Um... For those wondering if Oklahoma is going to be in the mix if they don't get Jackson Dart, no, I don't think so. I I, I have no reason to believe that would be the case. Um, JT Daniels to Ole Miss. I'm sure a lot of Sooners fan would love Yeah, that. that'd be good. It'd be just fine with that. Uh, one of our listeners asks, with all the defensive back transfers coming in, where does that leave the incoming freshmen like Gentry Williams, Jaden Rowe, Robert Spears Jennings? I've said it many times, and I'll reiterate it here. I think of that group, Robert Spears Jennings is probably the one poised to make the biggest day one impact, just because what he brings to the table physically, and given that the Sooners have a lot less going for them in terms of personnel at safety than they do at cornerback right now, I, I've said it, I don't think it's out of the question that you could see Robert Spears Jennings starting in 2022 as a true freshman, and that's not the expectation I have necessarily, but... That is a dude that is ready to play FBS football right now. In every sense, mentally, physically, Robert Spears Jennings is ready to be a contributor at the University of Oklahoma. I like Gentry Williams and I like Jaden Rowe as prospects. I don't know if they have the same opportunity to contribute immediately. And long term, those three guys are all multi-year starters in Brent Venable's defense you would imagine um but in terms of 2022 spears jennings is about the only guy that i can see contributing in a really meaningful capacity just because i think it takes gentry williams another year or two he's coming off a torn acl Mm -hmm. people got to cut the guy some slack i know he was a five star at one point the expectations can't be sky high for him just because you have to understand particularly for a guy playing cornerback the explosiveness that you have to regain and the explosiveness that that position demands, coming off a torn ACL is no easy thing for anybody, least of all a cornerback. And so temper immediate expectations with a guy like Gentry Williams. I'm interested to see positionally what Jaden Rowe becomes. I don't know if he becomes a nickel. I don't know if maybe they turn him into a safety he could very well become an edge rusher as well. I know that's the angle that the former staff was taking with Jaden Rowe, was turning him into an edge rusher, outside linebacker type of guy. So I think just because it's not exactly clear what role he eventually fills, um, I'm not as high on him in year one as I am on Spears Jennings. But I like the additions at cornerback, and as I mentioned, I think Oklahoma will be – In the mix for another one? Uh uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. What do we have here? (sighs) So many people DMing me on Twitter right now. Josh, apparently Jackson Dart took to Twitter three minutes ago, posted his official visit pictures, and the caption was, OU, with a question mark and an exclamation point. And then, at the exact same time, Michael Trigg... Or no, Jackson Dark quote tweeted Michael Trigg's hype video that he had posted with the eyeball emoji. Well, he's... This just... Oh, man. It's one,
1: it's one step away from a lock, and we're supposed to have... Come on, Jackson. I, I don't know if people have informed you, but eyeball emojis have been outlawed anywhere in or around Norman.
0: I mean, I looked down and my phone was blowing up. So this is a big deal. No doubt, the fact that Jackson Dart is circling back around and giving OU love on social media in the aftermath of the Ole Miss visit. And look, I've said all along, and I'll say it again, if you make me put money on the table, I think Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg are Sooners. That's by no means a guarantee, especially by virtue of the fact that they took the Ole Miss visit after the OU visit. But in every sense... Oklahoma seems like a better fit than Ole Miss for those two specifically. I'm not saying in general Oklahoma is universally a better fit for a quarterback and/or a tight end, but for these two guys, I think the environment at Oklahoma is way more conducive to what they're looking for and where they want to go. Be a good way to Ole stick Miss. it to
1: Lincoln Riley too. It
0: would be an awesome way to stick it to Muleshoe if. Especially if Caleb Williams doesn't end up at USC. Oh, man. Imagine that. Muleshoe screwing over Caleb Williams and his family at OU and then trying to recruit him to USC ends up not with Lincoln Riley getting an extra quarterback, but with Lincoln Riley losing a quarterback. I think it's safe to say and probably pretty clear – Lincoln had to have told
1: Jackson, hey, this is Caleb Williams' job, that there will be no competition, right? I mean, what else would have turned him off enough to the point to where it's like immediately I'm going into the
0: transfer portal to go to places where he's going to have to compete? Well, I think it's the fact that he started as a true freshman in 2021 for several games, and then Lincoln Riley gets to town and says, hey, you know what, I want to go get somebody else. (laughs) Right. I want to pursue somebody else. And look, there would have been a competition between Caleb Williams and Jackson Dart. I think Caleb Williams would have won that competition at USC just because his physical ceiling is off the charts, and his innate ability to play the quarterback position and do things that I haven't ever seen anybody else do is off the charts. But I think it was a slap in the face to Jackson Dart when he found out that Mule's shoe was even interested in bringing Caleb Williams in, because if I'm in Jackson Dart's shoes at that point, Josh, I say, okay, well... I was under the impression that after the way I performed as a true freshman for this program, I was the guy moving forward. But if I'm not the guy, I'm going to go somewhere where I am the guy, a place that appreciates me and that believes in me as the long-term future at the quarterback position. And I think he's that guy at OU, not in 2022 because I think that's Gabriel's job, but if Gabriel is as productive as everyone expects him to be in year one... In Jeff Levy's offense at Oklahoma, he'll be off to the NFL come the 2023 draft, and at that point, Dart is your guy. And he's got three years of eligibility, you would presume, at his disposal. He won't end up using all three. I can promise you that. But it's him for a year or two, and then you hand things off to Nick Evers. Or whoever else
1: you've signed uh, in the meantime. Not to say that it wouldn't be Evers, but hey, it's Oklahoma, it's Always going to be a lot of different times a, a competition. Hey, we we've talked um, you know so much about Dart, which deservedly so. But before we get out of here, I got a couple of final questions for you. Yes, I want to hear more just about Trig because that's intriguing for the tight end room if that comes to fruition. And then, though, again, the focus should be on who Oklahoma's still got a crack at and who has made the decision to come here i'm curious in your mind why it didn't happen with sanders who
0: chose arkansas and player who chose baylor as you wish josh we will get to that on the other side of our final break here on locked in the ref sports radio network one more segment to go before we turn things over well to josh he's not going anywhere but he'll be joined by teddy Lehman for the rush from 3 to 6 p.m so Top of the hour, that's what you can expect. Until then, we'll be coming right back with some additional Transfer Portal talk before we get out of here. Stay with us. Back to wrap things up here on Locked In. Parker Thune alongside Josh Helmer. The Rush coming up at 3 o'clock. Did I already play this? You may have. I. I. I'm never paying close enough attention to.
1: Just say I didn't. I.
0: Okay. <laughs> I yeah. Might we'll we'll go ahead and say you did. I'm
1: sorry if I did.
0: Um. Before we circle back around to Michael Trigg, let's talk about the guys that oh you didn't get that you referenced Josh in uh, Jackson, player and Drew Sanders. By the way, again, if you want all the information and all the scoops that I can't reference or say on the air. Head to OUinsider.com on the 24-7 Sports Network. Sign up for just $1 for your first month or purchase an annual subscription at less than $5 per month. It's 50% off right now. So if you head over there, that is the place for the maximum scoopage on your Sooners. It's like a Cyber Monday deal. That's bargain shopping, people. It really is. Bargain shopping, and that'll get you access to every other team site in the 24-7 Sports Network. So if you want to creep on Texas or USC, or any other fan base, any other team's insiders, and uh, what things are looking like via the portal. You want to go to the Ole Miss board and find out what they're thinking on Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg? You can head there. All it takes is an OUinsider.com membership. That'll get you access to everything on the 24-7 Sports Network, all that juicy VIP content that you won't find anywhere else. So on player and Drew Sanders, Josh, player to Baylor wasn't a shock at all and I think we talked about it last week on the air the fact that he's from Waco originally made that fit a lot of sense particularly with what Dave Aranda has done with that Baylor defense over the two years that he has been in Waco so if it wasn't going to be OU it was always going to be Baylor and the fact that he visited Baylor last week and didn't end up taking the OU visit you kind of put two and two together and concluded yep Baylor is probably where he's headed, and indeed he was. Now, Sanders, that was one that was a little bit more bizarre, because Arkansas really came out of nowhere right there. And hey, mad props to Sam Pittman and his staff, because everybody I talked to said, OU Texas, OU Texas. That was what the battle was going to be for Drew Sanders. It was going to be OU, and if it wasn't, it was going to be Texas. All of a sudden, Arkansas flashes onto the scene, and he's a Razorback, just like that. And I guess it makes sense given the momentum that Arkansas has on the recruiting trail right now. It didn't make it any less head scratching for people who were close to the situation that I spoke with. Um, It's just, and not to say it's the wrong decision or the wrong fit or that it's not going to work for Drew Sanders at Arkansas. I think there were just, there were people around him who figured Oklahoma gave him a better chance to get where he wanted to go. And Texas honestly gave him a better chance to get where he wanted to go than Arkansas did. But Interested to see how things go for him as a Razorback. Obviously, Sam Pittman has that program headed in a really encouraging direction, and they look as though they'll be ready to compete with the big boys in the SEC if they stay on this course for the next year or two.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong before we talk trig here.
0: Wasn't Arkansas one of the other schools that was mentioned for play or two? They were, and he visited. Uh, I, I never really bought that. I know Arkansas, there was a point in time at which Arkansas felt pretty good about their chances with player, but uh, Baylor always had that little hometown flavor, you know, uh, on trig, Now, listen, this is a guy that was a top 150 overall recruit in the class of 2020 or 2021. I can't recall offhand, but regardless, two sport guy had division one offers to play basketball. So very, very high level athlete. Athleticism is off the charts with him. And the potential of getting him in a package deal with Jackson Dart for Oklahoma, that is tantalizing on more than one front because obviously you look at Dart as your quarterback of the future uh, post-Dylan Gabriel and pre-Nick Evers. But Trigg, in his own right, is an outstanding football player that would contribute at a very high level and probably immediately to this Oklahoma football program. And I don't think he's a must-have I don't think Oklahoma has a desperate need for another tight end because you've got a pass-catching guy in Braden Willis, you've got a blocking guy in Daniel Parker, and you've got two really solid young up-and-coming freshmen in Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn as well as Jackson Sutherland. But it's always awesome to add an athlete like Michael Trigg because what he can bring to your offense – Uh, you're just not going to find many guys as athletic as him. Yes, we have seen. You can never have too many freak athletes.
1: Parker and I have both seen the video of the
0: USC players failing to tackle Trigg left and right. Yes, and the one-handed catch, seeing that too, it's pretty ridiculous. So we'll see. Hopefully we will know by tomorrow when we hit the air once again and Tyler McComas is back whether Oklahoma is the landing spot for Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg. But that's all we got for you here on Locked In. Going to hand things off to Josh and Teddy next on The Rush. We'll Be back tomorrow with Tyler right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network at 2 o'clock. See you then.